Ride Holds is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ride Holds Show Podcast. Another episode of the Rhino Show podcast. Um, again, you know, we're coming into the new year. Man, we've had so much great traction, great support. Uh, we always appreciate you. We do our best to bring you amazing guests that uh, do huge things in their respective fields. Uh, you know, the biggest uh, feedback we got from 2019, again, we made top 100 podcasts here in Canada. But one of the biggest requests we got was... Ryan, we want you to have all of your video, of all of your podcasts on YouTube and video. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so much more work. Um, but that being said, we are on YouTube, so check us out there. My next guest, I mean, I have literally been following you, man, for a long time. In and out. I've been in and out. You know, resell. Uh, I've seen your daughter grow up just through your, your videos. I've seen your family. Uh, but my next guest goes by the name of Michael Rizandez. I'm sorry if I butchered it. I'm not Spanish. R- my- Rez- it's okay. It's Portuguese. Uh, Rizendez. But Riz- um, that that's my government. I just go by Rizzi. Or uh, if you know me from social media, Rizzi Resells. Yeah. So Michael Rizendez, uh, a.k.a. Rizzi Resells. Uh, he is a father, husband, content creator, and reseller. A true underdog story from having been a high school dropout and food stamp recipient to selling over $5 million in lifetime sales using Amazon fulfillment services. He began documenting and sharing his journey with the public in order to inspire thousands of people worldwide to follow the hustle. His passion for supporting fellow underdogs and impact their lives in a positive way is his driving force. His mission now is to continue to help and support around the world through his YouTube channel, podcast, local speaking, events, and shows. Through his awesome content, useful resources, viewers, and followers are shown that they can change their life using the internet. It's not the 1920s anymore. They can see firsthand what is possible when you start building your own online business. Reezy, man, welcome to the show, my man. Dude, thanks for having me, man. That was a freaking killer intro. I can tell you did your homework. (laughs) You know what? Um, I want to give everybody who's listening to this uh, podcast uh, a little bit of context. You know, I, I, I like Reezy, too, as everybody who's been following my journey. I come from extremely humble beginnings. You know, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, my mom passed away when I was 13 years old, so it was kind of like a, a big knock in the guts. But I just kind of always felt there's got to be a way for me to succeed. Uh, I know it always takes work. When I watch Reezy, one thing that's really compelling about him, and I want everybody listening too, in the reseller community and market, there's a lot of snake oil salespeople out there. And I've, I've witnessed it. I've seen it. But Reezy is definitely tried, true, tested. He is an OG in my opinion. Uh, he's even got people like Gary Vaynerchuk that are, you know, he's like, man, I want to kick his ass in garage sailing and stuff like that. So, um, and I did see a recent interview with Gary, but I really wanted Reezy to come on the show and just help you learn how to go into stores, figure out how to buy a few products and make some money. Now, whether that is you're just trying to make an extra couple hundred dollars to pay a bill per month or you're trying to go at this full time, this is the guy that can help you. So first question, Reezy, is in 2020... How does somebody who does not know reselling or even maybe what that means, how do they start? Let's go all the way back to the beginning for people that maybe aren't even technical savvy. How do we start in 2020? So um, you need to sell some shit. So (laughs) basically I I get this question all the time so much so that I made a free course um, that you could grab on my website and it's, it takes two hours and it will take you from where we're at right now to you understand what I'm talking about if I'm using technical terms and everything. But I also just made a really good video uh, yesterday or the day before on YouTube um, called You Don't Need Money to Start This Business. And that is the honest truth because you can start with free stuff. And that's what I recommend everybody to start with. So to begin, you want to do eBay. You want to do Poshmark, you want to do Mercari, you want to get on Amazon, you want to figure out which platform works best for you and for what you have available to you because not everybody has the same stuff. I might be able to sell a lot of books because I live in a literate community on the West Coast and it's artsy-fartsy and there's colleges. You might live in the Midwest where you know not as many people read and there's no colleges so books won't work for you. You know what I mean? Maybe uh, clothing is your thing. I could never do clothing because they don't have barcodes and I'm not a fashionista. You know what I mean? Like it would take me forever to look everything up. And I just wear dickies and flannels. You know what I mean? That's me. So 
if you want to get into reselling in 2020, I want you to focus on the process, not the profit, right? So it can be overwhelming. Start with the stuff you have in your house. Everybody in America has probably 200 to 500, if not $2,000 worth of stuff in your house that you can sell on eBay right now. And, and this is people that say they don't have any money and are check to check. And I'm looking at the stuff in their house like, why don't you sell some of this stuff? You don't even watch those DVDs. Why do you have all these DVDs? You got, you know what I mean? You watch Netflix, like sell your DVDs. So download the Amazon seller app, download the eBay app, set up your accounts. Um, there's a good app for eBay called uh, What's It Worth? Check that out. I believe it's free. Gives you a little bit more data than eBay. But I say shop your house. That means go through your house, everything you have. Start with all the stuff you have that's still sealed, right? Those are like the outliers, right? You got old wedding gifts. You got movies and books you bought that you never opened and stuff that people gave you that you didn't even care for. Look to see if you can sell that stuff for money first. After that, start going through everything you could scan, the CDs, the DVDs, your old textbooks, okay? After that, go through all your old collectible and kitsch stuff that you don't want it anymore. Look it all up on eBay. Learn how to look up completed sales on eBay. We call this comps in the reseller world. The average person doesn't understand this, so they'll go on eBay, and it, it bothers me too because people who are selling stuff in stores or at garage sales, they'll look it up on eBay, and they'll go, this Flintstones mug, 20 bucks. I saw it on eBay for 20 bucks. Yes, you may have saw someone listed it for 20 bucks, but when is the last time it sold and what did it sell for, right? Five bucks, 10 bucks? Look at the sold items, the green ones sold, right? So then you know, okay, this is what it has sold for. And you could see a range in prices and you got to understand, even though you don't know anything about Flintstones and coffee mugs, why did this one sell for five and why did this one sell for 20? Well, more than likely the $20 one was a much better condition. Maybe it wasn't sitting in the sun. Maybe the $5 one had a chip and someone's just going to use it as a pencil holder or for decoration, right? Or maybe they used way better keywords and description and pictures, right? So there's a lot of variables to this stuff, but you need to understand that as well as something that's called, I don't know what people call it, but thick market versus thin market, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand this. They'll look something up, right? They'll find this mug. Now let's just say it's not this mug, something more common, right? But they'll find it and some a seller has a hundred of them at their yard sale and they're selling them for five bucks a piece. So they go on eBay and they look up this mug and they see it sold for 30 and they go, oh my God, I'm going to make 20 bucks on times a hundred, 2000 bucks on every single one right now. And so they buy all of them for five bucks a piece. Now they're out 500 bucks invested in a hundred five dollar units. What they didn't know is that they were only looking at sold items and not looking at completed and sold because that's important because that shows you how many times it didn't sell. So you can literally look on a time span and be like, okay, over the last three months, it was listed and not sold for $20 10 times. Then it sold for $20 one time. That is a very thin market. It's hard to sell into a thin market. So if you understand thick versus thin market, that can kind of give you a gauge on the velocity, how fast it sells, you know, or maybe you can just go, well, they were all selling it for 20 and I got it for a buck. So I'm going to sell them for five bucks a piece and then maybe it will sell faster. There's reasons. Either the demand is not there, the price is too high, but you need to understand all of those things before you dive headfirst into something. Um, and that's just with eBay, which is honestly a little harder than Amazon. With Amazon, we get much more data, mm. but Amazon still, Amazon's harder in a different way because, you know, it's more formal. There's yeah. stuff you can and stuff you can't sell. You know, you can't yeah. sell half broken, that you can't sell, you can't pour, on eBay, you could pour your junk drawer into a box and sell that mystery junk drawer, you know? <laughs> uh, Going back to the video that I made the other day called uh, You Don't Need Money to Start This Business, it's literally 40 minutes of me telling you everything you can sell that's free. That's zero investment, zero risk, and you'll blow your mind. I'm talking tree bark, acorns, snail shells, moss, uh, dirt, sand, uh, egg crates, toilet paper rolls, box tops for education, um, scraps of metal. Like, it's infinite. There's so, like, I have my list right here. Hold on coupons, uh, bottle lids, driftwood, animal fur from your dogs. If you have a, a dog that sheds a lot, people make crafts out of it like wool. Um, 
animal animal poop, dried animal poop. If you have a farm, you got goats, you got chickens. I'm not I'm not playing. This is this is fertilizer. People pay for this. Bird feathers, tumbleweeds, tumbleweeds. Where do you think that tumbleweed came from? That's on the set of that film or in that person's nice home decor. They didn't go outside and look for a damn tumbleweed. They bought it off eBay from someone like me and you for twenty bucks. So when you see a tumbleweed on the side of the road, pull over, throw that thing in the trunk. Um, bird nests, like. Uh, bags of air from concerts mm. and like famous locations. Like if you want to get into the nitty gritty, you find a rare Cheeto that looks like Harambe. You could sell that for who knows how much, right? So if you want to get in the game, there is no shortage of ways to get in the game. Like once you exhaust all your options of things you can sell that's in your home, start going to Craigslist. Check out the free section on Craigslist. Go on Facebook Marketplace. Look for the free stuff. Tell all your friends and family that care about you, hey, I'm the goodwill now. And they're like, what do you mean you're the goodwill? Well, I started this reselling thing, and we're trying to make some extra money. So whenever you guys have stuff that you don't want, put it in bags, put it in boxes. Give me a call. I'll take all of it. No questions asked. Yes, you're going to get some junk because that's what the goodwill is. People don't give stuff to the goodwill because they love the goodwill. They give it to goodwill because it's the free junk drawer. You know, the free drop it off, right? So you get it. You go through it. Learn how to look stuff up. Learn why stuff sells for more. Learn search engine optimization and titles. Learn how to take photos and focus on the process. Get faster. Get fast. You need to get fast at the process. You need to also know what you like or don't like doing. Maybe you try with all this free stuff, two weeks go by and you're like, man, this reselling stuff is actually hard work, which it is, and it's not for me. So, you know, you didn't risk no money, now you're out the game, no harm, no foul. Maybe you just go, man, I don't really like the clothing because you gotta button all these shirts up and you gotta, you know, measure them and like, you know, everything has pros and cons. And for free, you need to figure out not only how to do it, but what works best for you and what you like the most, right? Because a lot of people, they see my YouTube videos and it's sad um, that the videos that do the best are like the retail arbitrage videos, the ones that where I'm buying 500 pairs of shoes and those are all $50 a piece and that's so inaccessible to the average person because the average person in America has like less than 500 bucks savings and I'm, those are the people I want to reach. Those are my people. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to talk to people that are, that are made and born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I want to talk to people like me that got fucked up teeth because their parents never took them to the dentist and I want you to know you can make it. You know what I mean? Like, have you heard the song Crooked Smile by J. Cole? <laughs> yes, man. Yeah. Yes. Dude, that song makes me feel away. You know, I keep yeah. my crooked grill just to show the kids it's real because it is. You know, yeah. like anybody can make it. And whether or not you want to be a reseller, you can make extra money by trading your time doing reselling to give you more time enough to make, you know, go to Disneyland with your kids. You never took them to Disneyland. Have that nice vacation once a year to start up that new business that you've been wanting to start up. Maybe you, you stay in reselling. In which, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do wholesale, private label. Uh, so much. Just don't do drop shipping. Just don't. So, Rizzy, like, Rizzy so- sorry to interject here. You're a dad. I'm a father, man. And you and I have some commonalities in humble beginnings and then also being, you know, dads, right? And, and I talk on my social media a lot in the podcast about, you know, there's so much mom boss and girl boss. And I'm all about that. But, you know, dads need love, too. And there's some really great fathers out there. For you, you know, to see your daughter play such a little role, and I love just the way she talks about, you know, hey, dad, let's go make some money today. And you got her, you know, and I see in the comments of your YouTube videos, people are saying, man, when she gets older, like, it's going to be knockout because she's she's witnessing her dad just straight hustle. Yep. So for people who are listening, and, and again, I'll, I'll link all his details in, in the show notes and stuff because everything I'm asking, he's got probably five videos for each question. I want to really tap into your mind today a little bit and the and the soul and the reason and the hustle, you know, and and your kind of background that stems you. Is there one situation? Is there is it a multitude of situations that you said, I got to change my life? Like, I got to do something. I got to get proactive here. This is not working out. And I got to, you know, roll up my sleeves literally and make this happen. Was there any instance? Can you give some of our um, listeners some insight? Yeah, so I think I was blessed with a a very bad background and upbringing, and that is the best thing that ever happened to me. And um, side note, as a parent that's giving my children a good life, I struggle with how to teach them those same lessons without doing it without the way that I learned them. You know, how do yeah. I 
how do I micro neglect but not macro neglect, you know? Uh, but uh, for, because you learn when you're neglected in, you know, you figure stuff out, you need to make them figure stuff out. That's how kids learn, right? If you hand it to them, they don't learn and then don't appreciate it anyways. For me, I would say that um, – so 15 years ago, probably even 16 or 17 now, um, my last retail, my last job I worked for anyone, I worked at a skateboard shop. I'm a skateboarder. I've been skating for like 25 years. And I thought that was going to be my dream job. Turns out it was just another retail job. It was cool, but it was whatever. Um, and I left that and I was just driven mostly by the fact that I didn't want, I didn't want to work for another person. You know, I had mm. never really had any cool jobs. And working for another person feels like having to ask for a hall pass to go to the bathroom. That's how mm. I felt my entire life working for people. I pretty much, I pretty much thought of quitting every job I've ever had the first day I got there. So for me, it was always how long will this one last? And every single job I ever had, I quit on a lunch break. I was out of lunch and I was like, mm, I ain't going back. Not for me. You know what I mean? My wife's like, what are you doing home so early? Eh, I quit another job. You know, it's not for me. You know, I'll get another one. Don't worry. You know, it's just a job. You know, I'll get a haircut. Do, do the job thing. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, growing up poor, um, neglected, um, having a bad home environment, you know, drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, you know, homeless, living in cars, living in hotels. Like that was the good side when we lived in a hotel. Mm. I never wanted to go home. It was the last thing I wanted to do. And so and my dad never gave me a dollar my entire life. Right. I could never ask him for a dollar. But um, I was fortunate enough to grow up by an amusement park, the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And it's free admission. But you can't really have fun if you don't have money. But once mm. you get in there, their money's all around you. And so I figured out me and my friends all these different ways we could make money. You know, we would, you know. Uh, say hey dude it ate my quarter get a free video game and then eventually they'll give you a they'll give me like bro keep bothering me let me give you a hundred credits and then I would sell that to it I would sell that to another kid who came through I'd be like hey I'll sell you this for 20 bucks got a hundred credits on it and these kids are there on vacation I don't got any money I got twenty dollars in tokens okay give me your tokens back when it still took tokens then I go stand at the back of the token line and be like hey I'll give you twenty dollars of tokens for 15 bucks now I turn them back into cash you know what I mean? So then we would take – then we, we would go and play the tokens in the games, cheat the games, get all the tickets, find the dude trying to sell, trying to win his his wife the big teddy bear, you know, pull him to the side and be like, bro, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> and I'm like 12 doing this, and these are full-grown men. I'm like, hey, you're about to lose all your money. I come here every day. I'm going to give you the guap right now. You know what I mean? Here's like a 1,000 tickets. You just give me 40 bucks. And he's like – deal so he hands you the 40 he comes back like hey check it out boo i won let's go get your teddy bear you know what i mean like <laughs> that kind of stuff is how i got into hustling right and because i never wanted to go home but i was hungry i had to eat you know what i mean like mm. i kept my wallet papered up with buy one get one free coupons for food restaurants when i was hungry i would go to the line tap a shoulder hey sir if, when you get your sandwich, here's a coupon. Can you get me the free one? You know what I mean? Those were as good as gold as I was talking about. Like, I'll go to the pizza parlor, pretend to play video games, and wait till that family left and left with one slice on the table. That's my slice. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. When we got older, and especially when our friends, when my friend's older brothers got older and they started selling weed, you know, they would be like, hey, help us sell this. You know what I mean? And that was my real introduction to business. You know what I mean? And, and sales and, you know having stock and keeping customers, you know, and like all of this type of stuff that translated into eBay later when I saw when I was like 15 and saw they were running commercials on eBay and me and my brother started getting into eBay. But to answer the question, which I that was like the longest answer ever, the drive comes from having no other option. And I was blessed to be born into to be born with my back against the wall. Like I'm more than comfortable with my back against the wall. Like I take the wall with me. I strap the wall up <laughs> yeah. like a backpack and bring it with me because, because that's what drives me. When I have a lot of options, I'm not inspired. I'm inspired by lack of options, lack of money. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? We got to do it. How are we going to do it? It becomes crystal clear to me how to do it when there is less options. And a lot of people are scared to put their back against the wall. Oh, I'll throw everything I have away right now and I'll be good in, in 90 days, 90 days, you know, like I, I need, 
maybe even 30. Like, give me 30 to 90 days worth of living expenses and, and I'll be good. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about doing this. I'll do anything. I'll figure it out. If I have to dig holes in the ground, I don't care. Like, it's going to happen. And that's the mentality that I've always had. And it's because I've always had no other option. And I, I think the big hack for me was because, because I never had anything, anything was better than what I had. Mm. So I was never scared to take a chance. I was never scared to, you know, I firmly remember in my mind the day I remember I was hollering at honeys at the boardwalk and I was scared to talk to the girls, right? And then I missed my opportunity to talk to them. And back then we didn't have the internet. You didn't have cell phones. It was, let me get your landline number, you know? <laughs> yeah, and if I, yeah. didn't, if I didn't get their landline number, they're going back to wherever they came from after today and I'll never see them again. You know, if at least if I get the landline, maybe we could we could be pen pals and I could see them when they come through again or they could push their parents to bring them back to the boardwalk or whatever because we didn't have cars. I was 12 years old. Mm. And so I just remembered I was like, fuck it. I got I got nothing to lose. If I don't mm. try to talk to this girl right now, what's going to happen? She's going to slap me. She's going to say, get out of here, you short weirdo, like whatever she's going to say. But that doesn't that doesn't matter to me because mm. that's that's the only chance I have to get something from them, you know? And so I am so comfortable with my back against the wall. I'm so comfortable with rejection. Like I like it. How when do you process rejection, Reezy? Like I know when you're I mean, I get it, man. Survival. A lot of your tactics are straight survival. And when you survive, I always say, like, if you put a poodle in the ring with a pit bull, you know, it, it, it's just some serendipity that might happen. Maybe the poodle comes out. I'm not saying it can't. Anything's possible. Right. But it's going to be a tough fight, right? That being said, right. how do you deal with rejection? It's crazy. Like, even in 2020, I still kind of go back to the basics. And I'm like, people, like, even, even the people you're trying to get to right now and help, they lack a lot of self-confidence, obviously, for many reasons, yeah. upbringing, etc. They put themselves in a pigeonhole for lack of resources, which that's huge, right? But just yep. that sheer, I want this, I want to talk to him, or I want that sale, but God, I do not want to deal with the no and the rejection. How do you process that? I know now you're a pro at it, but for somebody who's not, simple tactic that, yo, man, here's what you can exactly think about when that fear starts right. to set in. So so there's two kinds of rejection. There's the, like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to call it, internal rejection, where, like, you psych yourself out before yeah. you even take the chance. Yeah. And I learned Ooh. a long time ago from skateboarding. I remember I was at Derby Skate Park, which is the oldest skate park in America. And it's not like ramps and rails and stairs. It's a snake pit and a bowl. And it's fast. And you go fast, you know. And it's when it's going, it's going. And you're like, I remember being like 10 or 12 and trying to get in. And like, oh, I, oh, what? Nope, missed my chance. Nope, missed my chance. And this dude who was like a respected elder he just looks at me and he just goes, hesitation will kill you, Grom. Go for it. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I just went for it, you know, and it was all good. And so you have to go for it. Um, you have to at least try regardless of your internal dialogue. And I think part of that is that I became because I had such a fucked up life. I became really good at not dwelling on bad things and actually almost erasing my own memory to where like. I could tell myself a story in my head and I could believe that more than what actually happened in real life. Mm. And I don't even remember what happened. It's like selective memory erasure mm. for, you know, emotional reasons or whatever. And it's not like I do it consciously, but I do not dwell on the no or the rejection mm. at all. It's, it's, am I in, am I in, am I in? I'm not cool. Mm. Next person. Am I in, am I in, am I in? No. Cool. Next person. I'm okay with a thousand no's, right? And uh, being another thing, and you know, I was blessed to be neglected. I had to speak up. If I didn't speak up, no one would hear me. If I didn't mm. yell, no one would hear me. You know what I mean? Mm. If I wasn't funny or witty, or if I didn't, you know, dance and move, you know what I mean? I wouldn't get people's attention. So I, I had nothing to lose. I wasn't afraid to ask. And, and I, you know, getting people's attention was a commodity for me. So I learned how to get people's attention. And when I got your attention, I'm giving it my all. My heart and soul is on the table. And if, if you chop it in half, that's fine. I'll just go to the next person. If there's, there is a door that is open for you to walk through, you just need to find it. You know what I mean? And same thing with, with anything else. Close that door, find another one. Like that door is always there. 
I never also I grew up in Santa Cruz which is like a hippie community it's very liberal I was never taught you know by the community like the culture is not you know you better keep your job and like work your ass off and blah 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 <laughs> yeah. no no it yeah. was it was you need to be happy you need mm. to do what you want to do using your specific talents not that I knew what it was back then but I knew what wasn't for me and I would shut doors quick like nope nope Nope. You know, it's like I didn't learn how to be a parent from my parents, but I learned how to not be a parent. And that's mm. the same thing. It's the same thing. You know your what daughter, I mean? Like, your daughter's name, Reezy, is it Luna or Luma? Sorry. Luna? Luna? Luna. Luna. Yeah. When you had Luna, is that your only child now, by the way? Sorry, I don't know. No, no, no. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm currently in my 19-year-old daughter's room. She just oh. moved out. Oh, and she wow. works full time and goes to college, so her room became my studio. Okay. So I got, I'm a 35 year old with empty nesting syndrome. Damn. So okay, well that that's got to rephrase my question then. I mean, with your daughter, I can imagine your first daughter with Luna. Was there any kind of insecurity that having children for you brought up? Did it make you have to look at yourself more? Did you find that dealing with them emotionally that it kind of drudged up some stuff for you or? Like, for me as a dad, and I'll speak vulnerable, I mean, I thought I was confident until I had children. And then it's not that right. it, it, it's born any bad in it. Like, I'm blessed, man. I And my first crack at having a true mom and dad family, I always knew as a child, was going to be when I created my own family. You know, fast forward, I'm married. I have, you know, my daughter and my son. And, you know, constantly throughout the day, it's crazy where something will come in. And it's not fear-based, but it's just I'm so in tune emotionally with how I feel towards them and you know you start to I'm like oh my god maybe I could do that better maybe I could do that a little better and it's really interesting because I'm 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 you know I come from a football background and when we get the ball tossed to us I was a running back you don't have time to think about oh my god the linebacker is going to come up you just go but having kids right. for me really made me go internal a lot more internal really go into those nooks and crannies address all yeah. fears all weaknesses all insecurities did you have anything like that or is maybe you just so, wired differently so I've, I've always been extremely confident like from the moment i went full confidence i never went back and even <laughs> if i didn't feel it internally i know the value of seeming confident from the outside and so um i was never not confident uh i never lacked confidence but for me the struggle was i was really selfish when i was younger and i still wanted to have you know me time and i had my first child when i had barely turned 16 the first few months of being 16 and uh got married when i was 16 moved out got dropped out of high school in 10th grade got a full-time job rented an apartment but i was still you know my wife raised me you know for more or less uh and like I would still go and party with the boys, you know, and I would still go out and skate. I would go to work for eight hours. Then I would go skateboarding for eight hours. You know, mm. I was still a kid. I was like, I was like on that, you know, I'm out the house vibe. You know what I mean? Okay. And, uh, and, and I didn't really realize what I had at the time. It wasn't until, you know, I got seasoned as a father and got a little bit older to where I was like, you know, I would see my friends running around and chasing tail and they're going to the bar and I'm like, I ain't got to go. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm good. I locked my boo up. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> and then I would see that also even later, you know, the pool of availability was getting slimmer and slimmer. You know what I mean? Mm. Like most people, most ladies were getting ringed up. And so, again, you know, I had that that realization. But it wasn't, you know, until I started doing social media that I fully really came into like a new sense of being to where – I realized, oh, I have a purpose now. You know, it, I'm not here just to make money and have a good time because I used to think, okay, how can I make the most money with the least amount of effort so that I can just lay on the beach and smoke mm. weed for the rest of the time? That's what, what my mentality was. And that is cool, but at the same time, that's not fulfillment. That's not a sense of passion, you know, and purpose. And I always wanted to be th that guy that's in the history book that you read about that made a difference, that I'm gone and you will know about me for 250 years. You know, I want 10,000 people at my funeral. Like, I want there to have to be security to keep people out. Like, go, stay uh, back, you heathens. You know what I mean? And, like, <laughs> and I see the now, I know I'm doing that. I'm changing people's lives. I've, we're going to Disneyland, people are crying. They're meeting me, see, breezy. They're like, 
yo, my husband lost his job. And if it wasn't for you, who knows what we would be doing. Now we're, we're doing better than we were doing before. I quit my job. I'm home with the kids, spending more time. Like, Reezy Resales, I'm putting daycare centers out of business. You know what I mean? Like, parents are staying home with their kids. Their kids are getting more attention. They're getting, you know, people are having a more fulfilled life. It ain't, I'm not trying to turn people into millionaires. I don't care about that. Go follow those people that have the freaking Lamborghinis or whatever. Like, some of them are legit. If you want to know, I'll tell you. But that's not me. I want to help the people that are trapped. They are in the trap, the nine to five trap, the check to check trap. Mom and dad are working opposite schedules. They see each other long enough to kiss and hug and trade the kids off. And then that's it. You know what I mean? And like the kids don't get the attention they need. The parents want to, you know, you want to homeschool your kids. We're homeschool now, but you can't do that if you don't have the time to do that. You know what I mean? Like, and I can tell you right now, it's not only easier than public school, it's way better way better we can control the curriculum my kid can learn at her pace if she's not conducive to learning right now it's okay you know what i mean it's like because for me i know what school was it was like a jail they do not reinforce creative you're gonna kick a kid out of school because he was selling pencils or candy at school you should give that kid an award mm. he's an entrepreneur and he, you didn't teach him to do that you know what i mean mm. you need to water those seeds so they can grow not cut the freaking stems off you know what i mean and tell them how to grow like it's, it's just not right. And so I, I really forget what the original question was, but the point keep is, going, is like, keep going, just you, keep you can, going. You, you, <laughs> you can, you can like, as a young kid, you know, I remember people saying, Hey, you could do anything. And I would say, well, that, you know, I didn't believe them. I was seven years old and I was cynical as hell. And I was like, Oh yeah, you could do anything. That's easy for you to say. I live in a trailer. I'm homeless. I'm on food stamps. When it was paper, my dad's selling half the food stamps for cash, you know, like selling half the food stamps. Say if we get 500 food stamps on the first of the month, he's selling half of those for half the cash so that he can use it to buy alcohol or buy drugs or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why wasn't my dad on the other side going to get $1,000 of food stamps for $500 cash? That's where I, that's where I want to be at. You know what I mean? Like, not that we got the paper food stamps anymore. You know what I mean? But like... I want kids to know that there's more options and like I can't go back in time. I can't change my life. Not that I would want to, but I can't. I can't help young Reezy, but I can help all the other young Reezys right now. Mm. And I can help all these parents improve their lives and their children's lives. Like, dude, everything I do is for the children, man. Like if you got a, a child, you know, like I'm I I'm going to help you out a little bit more. You know what I mean? I help everybody out. But like people that got children, especially young parents, I got a soft spot for them. Or if you're if you're a high school kid and, and you're trying to hustle, you're still in high school, you're younger, hit me up. I'm you're on the special list. You know what I mean? Like mm. I give those people special attention, right? Because I want to cultivate that mindset. That's how you change the future. Mm. That's how you change the future. And and a poor kid like me, I never believed that it was possible to do anything to change the world. And now I do. I know it's possible. I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like mm. I used to have asthma my entire life. I had asthma hospitalized two weeks a year, inhaler in my pocket. Somewhere between starting social media, finding out who Gary Vee is and where I'm at now and finding my purpose, asthma disappeared. Gone. Mm. They cured it with the purpose and the drive. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like I'm happy to be here every day. The opportunities are endless and like – you know, people always tell me, hey, Reezy, you, yo, you're the goat. You're the, you know, like, yo, I'm just a dude. You know what I mean? Mm. Thank you. I'm just a dude. I'm a normal guy like you who just spent way too much time on his phone and on the internet. I happen to be a skateboarder. So we fuck with cameras and I'm a, I'm a smart dude. So I know how to use computers and stuff. So like mm. I have a little advantage, but it's nothing you can't do. You know what I mean? What camera should I use? This one, your phone, <laughs> use your phone. Yeah. It out. There's no difference. Anybody can do what we're doing right now you know maybe yes. you can't speak like i can speak or you can speak or whatever but you could do something you know what yes. i mean there's something you can do and uh i i think everybody should at least give social media a shot because once you get that feedback system whether it's one person 10 person whatever 100 people you'll your self-awareness curve just accelerates you start to figure out who you are faster because mm. for me i thought I thought, well, what's the value? I'm going to give people uh, how to sell online, how to make money. That's what's mm. going to bring all the boys to the yard. That's how mm. I'm going to make money off YouTube because it was a selfish reason why I started YouTube. I was like, yo, I'm going to be the next Casey Neistat. Mm -hmm. But that's not the truth. 
what really is the value about me is that you can look in my eyes and you know I'm real and you Absolutely. you can believe me. I can Absolutely. make you believe. And I've had such a backstory that when you hear my backstory, you're like, damn, if Reezy did it, I could surely do it. Now, the problem is, is that might not be true because the fact of what happened to me put me in the right mindset to be able to do it. You know what I mean? A lot of people think, hey, well, if he did it and he was homeless and he didn't have this and he didn't have that, I can do that. But do you have the drive, the drive that comes from having no other option but success? That's it. Mm. I'm hungry and I'm going to eat. Bottom line. Mm. Mm. Social media kind of stopping there because it's a great point. Social media affords you access to people you'd never have access to, you know, in the real world. If you strip away the Internet and you knock on a CEO's company of a Fortune 500, you're not getting like you're just not going to talk nope. to that person. It's not happening. Circle all the way around. We've got big guests on the show. How does how do you distribute your access when somebody reaches out to you and says, yo, man, I want you to be on my podcast or I want you to do this. How do you distribute? How do you filter? Do you have a filter system? Do you care? Like, how do you? So your time is your biggest asset. So you yeah, giving us so your this, time is huge. Yeah. So this last year, um, I took on a personal assistant. Best decision I ever made. Shout out uh, to Mandy. Mandy. Yeah. Shout out yeah, to Mandy. Mandy. She's amazing. <laughs> Shout out. Hey, Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> uh, I say lately I've been saying we form like Voltron. I'm the head and and she's the gun because I just tell her where we point in this thing and she pulls the trigger. She makes yeah. sure the stuff happens. So like I can literally I'm eccentric. I finally realized it. I throw ideas at the wall and then she makes it happen. She's hiring people. She's making Slack chats. They're the people we hired and I'm paying them money. They're asking me questions now. Like I my attention span is terrible, but with when I pay people, I listen. Like even I don't even listen to my wife about a lot of stuff, but I finally figured out that's a hack for me is to have a personal assistant that I pay. And now my wife even realized it. She's like, if I need this done, she tells Mandy, Mandy will make sure it gets done. It gets put on the schedule. You know, I'm like, yo, I want to do this speaking event. Mandy's like, you can't because that's during Rose's finals. I'm like, dang it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's, and, and that's how, that's how it really works for me. Um, but you have to figure out, you know, what is your time worth? How does it work? If you're just getting started, take every every opportunity you can. How much free time do you have? And how many podcasts are hitting you up? Do all of them. If you're getting more than you can do, start saying no. Say mm. yes as much as you can mm. until you have the luxury of saying no. But Reezy, right? you, can say, you can say no. So I'm, I'm looking for the reverse hack on this right. the reverse engineer so if so, i am just just if i am starting out and i want to get a reezy like what what's some things that you're like these guys or these people are looking for that because this is one of the is, questions we is, get asked so no, much no, no, no. I, I i i got it so and uh it's this is great because i just did this to gary v so i just interviewed <laughs> gary v yeah. for episode 100 of my live show, which is Reezy Talks. Normally I do it right here. I went, flew to New York and did it in his office because Gary doesn't, because he doesn't have to get out of his chair. No, you know what I mean? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, and so, but how did I get that, right? Obviously I had been on his show before and uh, he asked me to be on his show. And, you know, that's a whole nother story of how I made sure he knew who I was. But, you know, nine months after him sending me a DM saying, let's, let's have you on the show, finally happens you know what i mean mm. that's how busy the man is so six months before i interviewed him i said hey gary this is exact verbatim i said i messaged him and he follows me on twitter so if you're not on twitter get on twitter because you can reach people on twitter they have less followers right twitter everything on twitter is more valuable because people have less followers so i said hey mm. gary it would mean the world to me right that verbiage is specific to gary I know he says that all the time. That <laughs> is specific to him. Yeah. So I hacked him a little bit with that. Gary, it would mean the world to me if I could have you as guest number 100 on my live shows. Importance, right? Back mm. history. Mm. I'm at episode 89 right now. This is when we could do it. He writes back. Let's do it. Screenshot it. Six months of me talking to Tyler, to his assistant, to make sure it happens, right? But um, and then let's say like you for an example, right, you or anyone else, I don't do any podcast anymore. I want to see that you have put in effort. You know what I mean? Mm. So 
Mandy will go listen to your podcast, watch your YouTube channel, and, and some of it's superficial. How many subscribers do you have? How many followers do you have? How many downloads do you have? But it's not just that. It could be, you know, hey, Reezy, this guy doesn't have a lot of subscribers or a lot of followers, but I think you should do this one. And Mandy is in touch with me. Like, mm. she was originally my – she's one of my followers. She was in my mastermind group. Oh. She was so helpful, I had to stop paying her, right? Mm. Then I had to start paying her. Then I had to start paying her more. Like, <laughs> so she knows – she listens to the same music I listen to. She was attracted to me for a reason. You know what mm. I mean? And 90% of the time when I tell her to do something, she's already doing it. She's on mm. top of it. You know what I mean? Mm. And so that's very important, but it has to – it's it's subjective a little bit is the of magic course. there are they putting the effort in yeah. you know sometimes I, I mean generally when people message me i won't say no i'll say hit me back when you're on episode 100 and i'll do it yeah. and for me that that's a little hack to where i'm like look i'm not saying no and i'm kind of encouraging you to keep going but don't expect me to be the first or third guest on your podcast that you just started and you're not even researching your guests to ask them any specific questions. You know what I mean? Like to me, that just seems like you want a free hour of my time and I charge 300 bucks for that. So there you, go. you know what I mean? So it's yeah, like it, it, it's subjective a little bit, but it's like, who is this person? Are they cool? Are they putting the effort in? Like, what's the vibe? What's the culture <laughs> like? You know, like and everybody you know, listening here, our, too. It's our benefit of this. You know, like, is yeah. there. Okay, like who have they interviewed? Okay, okay, like for you, I'm like, oh, top 100. Okay, okay. Yeah. Watch yeah. a few episodes. I'm like, all right, I like this dude. You know what I mean? Backgrounds on point. Like he's actually trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. See the little DJ in the back. I'm a DJ. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel that right. Yeah. So like those these little things that I can't really quantify. It's just it is what it is. You know, it's the magic. But it, it, you know, that's, really that's how we. It's really do it. interesting though because. You look at the podcast, it's a push and pull, right? You're you're too small to bring on big or you're too big to you're small. Like, you know how it goes. So, I, I mean, you got to get a couple whales on the show. You got to get a couple names sometimes because when you go to somebody and you're like, hey, I've had this guy. Patrick, but David, I'm sure you've heard of him, Valuetainment, right? Yep. He, he's a t I mean, it took me eight months, you know, but it's just constant talking. But I get this question asked so much. Mandy, and this is funny, and I like to give uh, our listeners kind of an inside because they're like, you really talk very candid with some of these guests. And I'm like, well, this, there's value in this. But she's like, hey, Ryan, thanks so much for reaching out. We'll get back to you. Going to check out your podcast. So then I, I said to my wife, because it was like New Year's Eve. It was a couple days before. And then I respected the hustle. I'm like, oh, I love this. These guys are still hustling right to the end. And uh, she got back quick. Let's do it. I'm like, yes. And then, you know, nice. New, Year's and New, New Year's and all that happens. And then, you know, we fast forward it. But I think that, again, you know, how do we get access to people? That's a great one. Uh, your time is precious. We're gonna wrap hey, that, up. That, that 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 was all real quick. That was all before she she didn't ask me. She told me I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and then, I, then I went and I was like, I trust her, of course. But I still went and looked at it a little bit, and I was like, all right, like, let's course. do it. You know, but of course, because I have the final say, of course. You know, like, but you know, if any, you know, if uh, if you ever get a message from my assistant canceled at the last minute, that's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, it's all good. Um, the only other question left of, in terms of reselling, I, and I have experience with this too, is shipping cost. I mean, yep. and I know you got videos on shipping cost. What are some hacks you can do? Like, even my wife and I, we got some stuff we, we resell. You're in and Canada, right? I'm in Canada. Yeah, shipping is the worst in Canada. I know. It's, it's so worse. I, it's way I worse know. than in the States. That's, this is what I figured, so, but is there any hacks right, that you so, have for oh, that? So there, there is hacks. So not a ton though. Like I don't know about Canada, but in in the U.S. we have flat rate priority boxes. So if you're if you're shipping stuff that's really heavy, you got to make sure you use the flat rate boxes. So there is a free shipping platform called Pirate Ship. I don't know if it works in Canada, um, but it's made by some smart college kids that started up a website. And there's you know it's all code and AI. There's no employees, maybe one, right? Yeah. And yep. so instead of paying for like stamps.com, which costs like 20 bucks a month, you can use Pirate Ship for free. It's not free to ship packages, but it's free to use as a platform. And it has integration with eBay and all other commerce sites to pull your orders in. But the best part about that is it will, you put in the weight and the package dimensions, 
and it automatically suggests the cheapest way for you to ship it, which is very important to me because obviously when I'm shipping my own packages, I'm smart enough to know to try all the different various ways to make it as cheap as possible, right? But an employee, they might just go, oh, let me throw it in this thing and mail it. And I'm like, no, 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 that's seven bucks if you mail it like that. But if you mail it like this, it's three bucks. And you might not think four bucks is a big deal, but if we're only making five bucks on this item, that's 50% of the profit. You know what I mean? And overall, how many of them are you shipping out a day, et cetera? So since the employees, it's not their money, it's hard to teach them. You know, I, I even want to say, pretend like it's your money and you want to preserve it, but it's not their money. So they're not going to pretend like that. So pirate ship is a good one because it suggests the cheapest shipping first and it has a rate called Priority Cubic Mail. This is for people in the U.S. mostly. Um, and Priority Cubic is just like a secret rate, and it's ridiculously cheaper. So, like, Priority Mail might be 14 bucks. You get Priority Cubic on pirate shipping, and I think it has to be a certain package size or smaller, and it might be 8 bucks, 6 bucks. Mm. You know, and if you were just to do regular Priority 2-pound or even a flat rate box, it's going to cost you twice as much. So that's a huge hack. Another one is if you're shipping uh, books or CDs or DVDs or video games is kind of borderline, but media mail with the U.S. postal system, it's Mm. about 50 cents a pound. The other thing is when you use Amazon, uh, Amazon FBA, and you ship stuff to Amazon for them to store it and ship it for you, they get discounted rates with UPS. So that's going to cost you around 25 cents to 50 cents a pound, depending on if you're shipping across the country or just in state or near you. Um, The other thing is when you get really big on Amazon, you can ship pallets. And instead of getting 20 cents a pound, you can get or 25 cents a pound, you can get 18 cents a pound, 17 cents a pound. If you ship like multiple pallets, you can get it down to like six cents a pound. And depending on, you know, where you're at, what you're paying for labor, et cetera, et cetera, that could be really worth your time. And other than that, there's not a lot of hacks. And unfortunately, they keep raising costs. The cost of gas goes up. The cost of postage goes up. The minimum wage goes up. The cost of postage goes up. The cost of health insurance goes up. The cost of postage goes up. All of these things affect the price of postage. And like if I could be a futurist for a second, I see a renaissance going back towards brick and mortar stuff, not just basic middle of the mall stuff, but, you know, like a bookstore slash cafe that's cultured and has vibes and has open mic night and like community center for the kids and whatnot. And you you're going to fill it full of stuff and books or whatever your store model is, things that you can't really ship because the margins are so low. But hand to hand, you could sell it for three bucks. You just can't afford to sell it for three bucks and pay three dollars shipping because a customer doesn't want to pay six, but they'll pay three. And as shipping price go up, there's going to be a push towards, you know, we're not going to be throwing that stuff away. The more people think you should throw it away because they can't make money, the cheaper people like me can get it for. And the more opportunity there is to put it into people's hands locally. Right. Mm. But everyone's time's worth a lot. No, people don't even want to get out of their car to uh, go to the gas station. You know, if you can't use your credit card at the pump, my 19-year-old daughter told me this. If I can't use my credit card at the pump, I go to another gas station. <laughs> she doesn't want to go in. She doesn't want to so go true. in and see people. It's so which is, true. Which is, you know, we have a whole society of people that have anxiety. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, <laughs> so you need to create a, a culture, a vibe, a reason for those people, for the youth to come into your business. Not just come buy my shit. Come buy my shit because we're get you know, every Wednesday we do free hot dog barbecue. You know what I mean? You, you don't even have to come buy and come see us. Let me feed your family on Wednesday nights. And, you know, hot dog marketing, come through, check us out. We're good people. People do business with people they like. And so I think, you know, people are fine to do business with a corporation and a logo online because it's the time savings and blah, 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 whatever. But if you really want to get people into your business in real life, It's got to be you. It's got to be your face. It's got to be your culture. What are you doing for the community? You know, how do you give back to the community? Are you here to take from our community or are you putting back? You know, like I live in a beach community. Everyone, it's pack your trash. It's a huge thing. You know, when you leave the beach, you leave it cleaner than it was before you got there. You take all your trash and you take any other trash you see. And on the real, you're liable to get knocked out by a local if you leave trash on the beach. That's just how it is. That's how it is where I grew up. 
And that's my mentality for everything. Every conversation I go to, every room I walk into, I want to leave it better than it was before I got there. Man, I love that. Do you, uh, Reezy, you, you skateboard, do you snowboard? I have never been snowboarding. Holy, okay, I was going to say, where, where I'm sitting right now is in British Columbia. You know, you've heard of Vancouver, obviously, right? Oh, some of the most beautiful from van. Yeah, so I'm a few hours from there. Some of the best powder ever in the world. He'll oh. he'll attest he'll attest to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, uh, I just got done telling uh, my mastermind group. I was like, yo, this year, sometime in the next couple months before the snow melts, because I don't want to go to Japan. That's a little expensive. Mm. We need to do a retreat meetup where we can snowboard cabins. What do you, th- you you mentioned mastermind a few times? Like, what is what is you host a mastermind or you're part of a mastermind? So, so I host uh, like a 120 person mastermind through my Patreon, and okay, um, yeah. it's a private group. It gets it's the first in line for my attention. So I'm not going on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Before that, I'll go in my group, answer all those questions. If they tag me in the chat, I get notifications. Everyone in there gets my my actual phone number. You can call me. You can text me if you need anything. It's a everyone in there because they're attracted to me and my vibe. The ethos is helping, sharing. Many mm. people that have been in there for like a year or longer and are so helpful, they are now admins in the group and they have specific tasks and you know, now they're not charged any longer. But, you know, we have a plethora like people. One guy shows up and he knows a a ton about golf clubs. So he makes a video, a couple videos about golf clubs and he writes a white sheet. Then our VA, you know, we have VAs that go in the group, takes that information and makes it into a little guide. Now we got a guide on how to find profitable golf clubs easily, Mm. you know, and that's that's kind of what happens. And there's, you know, it says like, hey, this is internal only if you find this anywhere, you know, holler at us. We'll give you a free shirt, you know, like snitch on this (laughs) bull for like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that's just that's just how it is. Like we we share, you know, bolos. Be on the lookout. You know what? Yeah. Di- go buy this item at this store for this price and sell it for this price. This is the type of stuff you can't share in a Facebook group of sixteen thousand people. My mm-hmm. Facebook group has sixteen thousand people. There's a lot of information there, tons of inf- everything you need. But in the mastermind, we will hold your hand. We've taken mm-hmm. people from zero to 30,000 in their first year and probably even even more than that. I don't have the stats like in my head right now, but mm. I sh- I should because it you know, people are they're going from I didn't know anything and now I've quit my job in less than a year and I'm feeding my family off reselling. We're having a better quality of life. Um and then I give them any type of, you know, benefit I can give them. So like for example, if you had a course on how to make a podcast and it was 500 bucks and you gave me 50% affiliate, so I get $250 every time I sell yours, I split my affiliate commission with my Reezy Ninjas. That's what I call them, the people in my mastermind. Yeah, so yeah. I share my affiliate commission with them, and if they buy any of my products, like my merch or mm. tickets to my events or whatever, they get it for half off. They just get straight 50%, you know? And so I'm always trying to work deals with companies. How, hey, what can you give me? And how can I share that with my members? You know what I mean? And that that's the same mentality that I have as a poor kid growing up. Well, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any things. So I'm a really keen to recognize the opportunity. If I found a stack of buy one, get one free sandwich coupons, I'm taking all of them and I'm divvying them out to everybody and telling everybody how to use them. You know what mm. I mean? Like, because that's value. You know what I mean? Like, mm. because I was, I was a bad kid. Like my only other way I could do it is making people laugh by getting in trouble, getting in fights, like proving to people I have balls, stealing stuff for people, you know, mm. Mm. all of these things. Like, thank God I started skateboarding because that it's skateboarding is the hardest thing on the planet. And that gave me something to do with all my spare time and to earn the appreciation of the alpha males and that group of people. There's only one way is put Mm. your damn work in Mm. and you don't have to talk. Not my normal thing. And so, you know, any skateboarder can go anywhere in the world and I can see you push one time. And I know that you put at least a decade into that. You know what I mean? Mm. Most people have a decade into anything. And so... Yeah, I've just had a crazy life that taught me everything was like a perfect storm for me to be who I am right now. And I am trying to figure out how to distill that into a bottle and give it to everyone for free. Is is Reezy the product or is Reezy's media and helping the world the product or is reselling the product? If you had to pick one, 
who, what's the product? Uh, I would say the reselling, like you want to make money, that's the that is probably the the fishing lure. That is what gets people to pay attention to me in the most part. Mm. But I do believe that the inspiration and the motivation and the energy that I just leak off of me is the the product and the, me, me. That's what it is. Mm. Like I could be anywhere in the world at any conference as, as a guest and you're the host and you're like, oh, shit, so-and-so didn't show up. Can you go on stage for an hour? And I have no plan and I will do it. Mm. I'll do it. So people can't do that. I like to tell people, like, I was diagnosed as ADHD. I was supposed to take Ritalin my entire life. My dad never went to go get it, or he did, and he took it all himself or whatever. Like, I never had the medicine, and I'm thankful because that's me. I do not shut up from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. I don't I shut up. It. I say every, I say everything I think of. Like, that's just <laughs> it. I have no internal dialogue. I love it. And uh, I'm not afraid to to capitalize on my ideas and you know like i have a friend um and this is a great story i have a friend named ricky hardy he actually does the voice follow the hustle reason resells oh, he does yeah, that voice yeah yeah in high school he for the radio station and the school radio whatever deep voice naturally and we all thought hey he's gonna be the white morgan freeman like he's gonna <laughs> crush it you know what I mean? yeah, yeah and so fast forward to uh to me you know seen the world crystal clear about how you can use social media to make a living for your family and how to change the world call him up bring what's up ricky what you doing oh i'm a cashier at a lumber yard damn my response fuck that fuck that why aren't you chasing your dreams you know what i mean pushing him pushing him pushing him i don't know how to do it i don't know how to do it here's how you do it i'm not doing i don't know how to do it let me run your social media for you. Let me set up your Facebook. Let me set up your Instagram. I'll pay you right now to be my customer. I'll be your first customer. I also always tell people I'm that passionate. Here's how you're going to do it. Start doing it because I'll be your first customer right now. Mm. But you ain't giving me a, yeah, no way for me to be your customer. You're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Mm. And I want to support you as does anybody else who knows and cares about you. And you got the skills to pay the bills. So once everyone else finds out, you know what I mean? So he started doing Fiverr. He started doing this. He started figuring it out. He made a website. He's a smart dude, technically savvy. He built a, a recording studio in his house. He started doing it. I gave him some ideas. I'm like, yo, start taking other people's commercials and then take the audio off and just remake your voice on it. That's how you're going to make demo reels. You know what I mean? And start doing it. Start doing it. Fast forward to now, which is a little over a year and a half since I started pushing him. And he called me over Christmas break and was like, hey, man, I just want to tell you thank you. Like in the last year, I not only quit my job and went full time on doing voiceovers, I made 50,000 profit in 2019 doing voiceovers. And it's like his dad is proud. Like, yo, my son's chasing his dream, doing these voiceover, like blah, 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 you know? And that to me is worth more than anything. You know what I mean? And people are like, yo, I want to buy you a drink. And I was like, yo, yo, save it, bro. Like you done gave me everything I need to help the next person, right? Like that's, that's what I'm about. That's what drives me. You know what I mean? Like. You made fifty thousand doing what I knew you could do. Like you, you just needed that <laughs> little that, push man. and a little bit of tactics, and and now you're killing it. You know, he he uh, sent me an email the other day with the link, and it was only good for like a, a day before he took it down. And he was like, "Yo, turn the volume down before you listen to this one." And I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Cause I got to, I got to do my first video game voiceover." And he did. Uh, I can't say what game, but he did the sure. main character in a shooter game that mm. everyone will know about. And it's like the first 200 sounds are him yelling. And it's like, I'm like, what's with all the yells? And he's like, grenade on the left. Like, that's what the script says. Wow. Grenade on the left. Grenade on the right. Grenade Jeez. in front of you. You know what I mean? Like grenade behind you. And so <laughs> however you make four different kinds of yells for wherever the grenade is, he did it. You know what I mean? He got paid. Not like mm. it didn't pay a ton, but you know what I mean? Like someone that was in our crew that was at house parties with us that, you know what I mean? That He's cool. And mm. he's doing it, chasing his dreams. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, I'm chasing my dream, helping other people chase their dreams. Mm. It's it's like a beautiful, vicious cycle. You know what I mean? Like, that's my talent. My talent is making people believe that they can do it and being able to articulate it in a way that inspires them and also having just enough of the tactical, you know, to be able to tell them how to do it. Mm. And and that's, that's why I'm not even religious, but I believe that's why I was put here is to help others, you know, in, get to where they need to get to. You know what I mean? And I always tell people, they're like, you know, how, you know, how can I pay you back? And I was like, bro, pay it forward. Don't pay it back. 
I don't need nothing. You're doing it. That's enough for me. But you're going to run into another person and they're going to need that push. And don't be scared to tell them I'm making $50,000 a year doing voiceover. You need to tell people the money. Money is the language that everybody speaks. They ain't even really listening in until you tell them the money. You tell them the money, they pay attention. We have this taboo about don't talk about money. Don't talk. Fuck that. Talk <laughs> about true. money. True. Don't brag about it. It ain't, it ain't no braggadocious shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. tell people what you're doing and how you're doing it because it inspires. Like Gary Vee says, make happiness louder. If you mm. got it and you're getting it, tell people. Mm. Don't just talk about, you know, like go on Facebook or Twitter today and be like, yo, I made a thousand bucks today. I, I landed a new client today. You know, positivity. Instead, people are like, man, it's fucking raining again. Man, my dog died. What, like, whatever. Like, all right, dog, you know, your yeah. wife left you, whatever. But put out that positivity more because for some reason, society views positive as the norm. And so they don't talk about it. But everyone talks about when bad shit happens. And then what that does is the perception of outwardness, at least on the Internet, where people are broadcasting, is that bad shit's happening. Bad. Where's the good news? Where's the positive? Can I turn on, you know, PNN Positive News Network? Where's that at? Mm. Somebody should steal that idea. I will watch that shit every day. I want to like know that. every day a different story about an entrepreneur that made it, people that are giving back to the community, like good stuff. That's all I want. I want to watch 30 minutes of PNN and go out and crush the world for that day. That's it. But it doesn't exist because society as a whole, we gravitate towards that negative stuff. And it's psychological because we're animals, right? And it's like, well, we're gods and animals. That's another story. But it's like that stuff keeps you alive. Focusing on positive shit doesn't keep you alive. Oh, there's a tiger over there. I better watch out. That keeps you alive. You know what I mean? I got a friend. He's like 6'10". And he's like, <laughs> he's like, man, time I walk into a room, people look at me funny. I'm like, fool, you. when they do that, you need to give them a big-ass smile. You're the tallest person <laughs> in the room. It's natural for people to look at the tallest person in the room and wonder if they're about to get kung fu kicked, you know, because yeah. you could kick them outside of the normal range. You know what I mean? So it's like understand psychology and, you know, you have to hack your own psychology and, and put out positivity to hack the whole world's psychology. Right. So the whole everybody, world everybody is my family to and I'm trying to bring everybody up with me. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, full disclosure. I don't know how we're going to even title this now. Reezy, at 46 minutes, I said, you know, we're going to go on the wrap-up, and you, he gave me another uh, 16 minutes of content. I love you, man. You're you're, 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 you're so true, but I, I, I do got a quote for you listening from you. Reezy got out of his own way so he could find he could help others find theirs, and that's kind of the summarization I give of you, man, because everything you said was, man, I, I, I got out of my own way to really help everybody else find theirs, and this is why the success serendipitously just comes right back to you because you're helping people man and once you wake up every day don't say how much money do i want to make say how many people can i help once you help people yep. you know what happens after that it comes right. man M money wears it, off money wears off and and the poorer you are the sooner it wears off right like i need to like befriend people who own lamborghinis before i even want more money because as soon as my refrigerator's full i'm good there you go. There you go. No, I like that. Uh, Reezy, just a quick little game of uh, fill in the blank, man, to end this off. Uh, I'm just going to say a word, and I just immediately want you to give me what you feel to that word. Uh, first word's childhood. Terrible. Wife. Amazing. Fear. Non-existent. Happiness. Or, or, uh, oh. <laughs> or fit, fear, go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's the fear one. Like, I, it doesn't exist, but you, you got to do it. When you feel the fear, do it anyway. Read that Happ book. Happiness. Mandatory. 2020. Vision. And my second last question that I love that you asked Gary was, Reezy, and you're going to remember asking him this, if you were me and I interviewed you, what would your next steps be? Which I think is a brilliant question. Yeah, it's the inception question. I love that he loved that question. I love that you um, love that he loved that question, and then I am asking you that question. This is like yeah, meta, meta, is, meta. <laughs> yeah, this is content on content on content on content. Um, I would, because I'm, I'm not a big name, um, but I would say that I would chop it up and make it into as many things as you can. If you're writing a book, pull this out and make that a chapter. You know what I mean? Like... 
make as many micro pieces of content as you can, as many three minute and one second Facebook clips as you can, uh, three minute and one second so you can qualify for Facebook watch so you can monetize it. Mm. Um, but yeah, just pull out as much, as much as you can, man. Like I would share those content. I would also create different forms of con of the content and send them to Mandy so that I could post them because as a content creator, creating content is a job. And if you create it and send it to me, I, you just saved me time and I will appreciate that and I will reshare it. Right? So of course I'm going to reshare it in some ways, but there's things you can do to increase your reach with my audience by, you know, just doing me little value adds and favors and, you know, help me help you basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, last question I like to ask every guest this because it seems to it's weird how they respond or but my last question it's always sincere man is how can I help you and yes I'll let you plug and put all the notes but how can I actually help you wow that's a great question I have a couple things that are on the upper reaching list I would like to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. I would like to be on MF CEO's podcast. I would like to be on Pat Flynn's podcast. I would like to be on James Altucher's podcast. I want to be on the Ellen show. I want to go on the Ellen show and tell the entire world that you do not have to continue living your nine to five for hustle plus no money. I can teach you, you know, you can make a hundred thousand a year going to garage sales and quit your nine to five and have a better life. I want everybody in America to know that, and there's plenty for everybody, but it's not going to happen until I get a bigger platform. And for me, I see The Ellen Show as that platform. So if you or anyone that's listening can help me achieve any of those goals, I would be tremendously grateful for it, and I will do my best to to take advantage of them in the right way to deliver the right value back to the world. Oh, beautiful, man. Uh, that that's absolutely amazing. And just last but not least, man, if anybody who's listening who doesn't know you, how can they find you? Why do they want to find you? And you know, just where do they go, man? Uh, just go to my website, reseresells.com. Grab a copy of the free uh, intro to Amazon course. Sign up for my weekly newsletter and the resources. We have a free Facebook group with 16,000 members. Um, that's a that's like basically an oracle at this point with the search engine. Um, and of course, Reezy resells on anything. That's R double E Z Y resells um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, if you just want to go straight to YouTube, go to Reezy.tv um, and and help yourself. You know what I mean? Just I've already put the information out there. Don't message me and say, "How do I do this? How mm. can I help you?" I've mm. already put it out there, and you know where it's at. And so I don't respond to the most basic questions at all because you're not ready to help yourself, and I can't help you until you're ready to help yourself. So please help yourself change your life. Go to my website, just follow the hustle. You'll figure it out. And I hope everybody who's listening to this when they heard my first question I asked Reezy, Reezy started talking robotic to me because he's been asked that same question so much. You started giving me the whole thing. But then the moment, which our show is all about, curiosity is our mandate and real talk happens. As soon as we go into what makes Reezy tick, mind, heart, soul, then the stuff starts getting really good. This has been an amazing podcast. Everyone, uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, um, we are uh, we got nominated for the, the best podcasts. Uh, black hosted podcast in all of canada um i think we won congratulations the, thank you I, I i think we're uh i think we're i think we won we're gonna find on the 15th again you know just made top 100 itunes podcast under entrepreneurship category here in canada so really happy about that and uh again thanks so much without you the listeners the audience this would not be possible so our whole mandate to you is, you know, keep bringing on amazing guests, keep giving you great value, and the rest is history. Again, curiosity should always be your mandate. Reezy, I appreciate you, brother. Dude, likewise. Thank you so much, Ryan. <laughs>